How good was that? How good was that? Okay. Uh, good morning, my name's Brownie, and uh, I'm a churchaholic. <laughs> I first started doing church, or C as it's known on the streets, um, just, just on the weekends with my friends, you know, and then um, slowly I started, you know, doing it during the week, going to Bible studies and cell groups. Um, I started off with just New King James, and then, you know, I sort of got onto the NLT, and next when I was reading the message, um, knew I had a trouble, I knew I had problems when I was hiding Bibles around the house, um, yeah, but, but, it's, but it's an addiction that I don't want to lose, it's an addiction I want to lose. Um, interesting, I've been away for the last two weeks, um, I caught that cold that's been going around, and, um, and uh, so I was off for a couple of weeks, and it, and it makes you realise how much church sets you up for the week, it makes you realise how, how important church is, you know, to, to come together as a group. You know, like, oh, I really missed you guys. Yeah, I know you missed me. I know. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, Pastor Robin. But, but it was, you know, it, it is. It's, it just goes to show how important the church is. You know, how important we are to each other and how, how important God is to us. Amen? Right. I want to start off with um, some good news. Yeah, it's called the Bible. Okay? And um, my message this morning is called Learn to Discern. Okay? And I think it's really important that we start discerning things these days. We can't just take things for face value anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you just can't. So I'm going to start off with Matthew 24.4. Um, where are we? Something? Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. There. And Jesus answered them and said, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Okay. So, so basically, the Bible's warning us, you know, that, that we live in times of deception. And um, it's really interesting. If you carry on from there, I'll just carry on from there, 24, 4, and then it goes on to say, what does it say, guys? Oh, here we go, here we go. And it says, um, take heed that no one deceives you, okay? And it talks about, about being Christ. And it goes, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing that. We're hearing wars everywhere and rumors of wars. And it, and it comes down here to say, see that you are not troubled. I find that bit really interesting. See that you are not troubled. And it says, for all these things must come to pass. Nation will fight, rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Okay? I know I said I was going to share some good news, but I'll just start with that. Okay? So here's the thing. Nothing can be taken at face value. Has anyone looked at on the line on deep fake video? Anyone seen deep fake video? Okay, so deep fake video, what that does is that it'll, I could grab a, a video of Pastor Robin and I could manipulate it so it seems like she is saying something. Okay? And you could not tell that it was not her. Okay? So even on a video, they did it with Obama. Okay? They did it with Obama and they made him say these real crazy things and everyone started going off and they found out it was a, a deep fake video. The point I'm trying to make there is you, you can't take anything on face value anymore. I mean, look at the fashion industry, eh? all the knockoffs and all the counterfeits, things that come through, you know? Like, I know we've all got Nikes with the tick upside down or the, you know, all the, all the knockoff things and that. But the thing about it is it's, 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 it's counterfeit, okay? So while it looks real, it has no substance to it, you know? It has no substance to it. And that can be like people sometimes. That can even, you know, I've seen some, some people lose their minds. 
over the last few months over this. People that are actually quite onto it. So, you know, we've got to be careful that we don't get deceived. You know, God is the creator of the universe. God created man from dust. He breathed life into man. Man, I, I love that because I know what it's like to be dead inside. I know what it's like to have no hope. And I know what it's like to just feel empty and just feel like you're going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, God gets hold of you and breathes life into you. And all of a sudden, you see the sky's a bit bluer. The grass is a bit greener. You know, the birds sound a bit better, a little bit clearer. Everything starts to clear up. And God took me, man, and this I was sharing with, with, with one of the brothers today. It's not about I was bad and now I'm good. It's that I was lost and now I'm found. That I didn't know God and now I do know God. That I didn't have peace with God and now I have peace with God. That I wasn't right with God and now I'm right with God. You know, like sometimes we focus on how bad the person was. That's a testimony. Every single person that's given their life to Jesus Christ is a testimony. Every single person. You know, us bad guys can't have all the monopoly on testimonies. But he is. He's a creator. You know, he breathed life. Breathed life into man. But he is a creator. It says in Romans 4, 17, speaking those things as if they exist. Okay, so what that's saying is, is, is speaking something into existence. That's creating. God's given us the power of words to create. You know, we can build up or we can cut down with words, eh? You know what I mean? We can encourage or we can discourage. Our words have power on them. You know, and when you're a Christian and you've got the anointing of God, you have God's anointing on it. So God will give you the right word to say at the right time to the right person in the right place. You know, see, the devil can't create. The devil's just a copycat. He's just a, he, he's, he, he corrupts. He doesn't create, he counterfeits. And the reason why is because he can't create himself. He doesn't have that power. He works with deceit. You know, it, it says in the word that he's the father of lies. Imagine having that title. I mean, I was a pretty good liar back in the day. I'd lie. Sometimes, honestly, this is bad. I'd lie sometimes just for practice. I didn't even need to. I didn't need to, mate. I was uh, actually lilingual. Um, I was fluent, fluent in lying. Seriously, I was. And I don't even know why. Like, sometimes I'd lie and say that I was my brother when I was getting arrested. You know, there's lies. Yeah, you need to sort that charge out, actually. Um, but, yeah, it, it says in John 10.10 10 that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he's about. That's all he's about. So when anything bad's happening to you, man, that's not about God. God's trying to stop you, uh, stop it from happening, okay? So Jeremiah 29, 11, I love this. When I first became a Christian, it says that God had a plan for me, that he had a purpose for me. There was a purpose for me being born, not just be born, go to work, sleep, eat, die. There's a purpose for me, you know? And it says here, what the, I, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. See, God knows the plan. God knows the plan that he's got for us, but it's up to us to hear the plan. It's up to us to see the plan and have it revealed to us. It says, uh, I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You know, God listens. God, you know, the weird, God's hanging out here from us. God is constantly mindful of us, constantly. The next verse, I haven't put that in there, but it's really important. It says, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You probably won't find God in between a, a program watching the ads. You know what I mean? Like, 
you probably won't find, you, you, you need to seek God. And the thing about it is that God's everywhere, so he's pretty easy to find. He's easy to find. But seek him with all your heart. You know, that's, that is seeking what God wants for you, for your life, discerning what he wants for you. And this could be, he could be discerning relationships, jobs. He could be discerning lots of different things for you. But it's up to us to receive it. Hey, and what God's trying to show us. So God has a plan and a purpose that is unique for you. Do you know that the plan that God has for you, no one else can do better. No one in this universe can do the plan that God has for you better than you. No one. It's unique to you. You know, there's power in us, man. There's stuff that God has got. Like, like I love what New said before. 20 years ago, I'd never, 25 years, I would never have thought I was going to be up here and living the life that I'm living. And I'm so grateful to God, man. I'm so grateful. You know, and, and the, God got me here through love, but also through consequences and discipline and everything else, correction and everything else. God's, God's everything. Hey, he's, you know what I mean? I used to say to my kids, hey, dad's everything. Dad can't just be yes and here's some money. Dad has to be no and correction as well, eh? You know, if you want to accept all of dad. You know, so there we go. So anyway, uh, I've talked about this before, around discerning, you know, it's to distinguish between two things. Um, and I use this quite a bit, this saying, revelation beats information every time. And I'll tell you why, because revelation, revelation is like a greater understanding of truth revealed. You know, so all of a sudden, it's almost like you see, have you ever seen something, a scripture, and then all of a sudden, you might have read the scripture 10 or 20 times, but all of a sudden you see it. It's almost like God picks it up and twists it, and you see it a little bit differently, a little bit deeper, you know? You're digging into the scriptures a bit, and you're getting understanding around them. That's what's needed. You know, Luke 24, okay? Uh, Luke 24, 30, 32? Yeah, here we go. Now, it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, okay? So this is Jesus sitting with the disciples who he's hung out with for the last three years, okay? He took the bread, blessed them, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So Jesus is sitting with the disciples who know him so well, and they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize it. And, and why? Because God didn't want to reveal it yet. But when God revealed it, they could see it was him. And it's the same with us. There's truth being revealed to us on the daily, every day. We just need to be aware of it. We just need to be looking for it, you know? Because here's the thing, there's the, when it comes to the Word of God, there's the Logos Word of God, which is just the written Word. That's just it on paper. And if you look at those words on paper, that's just that's Logos Word. But there's another word that God uses for His Word, which is Rhema, which is the living Word of God. And the living Word of God is when the Scriptures get into your heart and they affect how you talk, how you think, how you act, how you live, how you treat others. It affects everything, everything. So the rhema, how the word comes alive in us is when we start living it, when we start speaking it, when we start doing it. That's the word in action. That's a living word of God in us. Yeah, yeah. So revelation is like a greater understanding. It's like when truth is revealed. You know, you think about it. Lots of things can be false until you find out they're true. You know what I mean? I used this example before around the world. Everyone back in the day said the world was flat, you know, and, and that was truth until people said, no, it's round. I've just been talking to Gordy, apparently it's flat again. <laughs> I, I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up with it. But, 
But what I'm saying is truth is revealed. Truth is revealed. Like, you, you, you think about it. There's lots of things that I look back on that I didn't think I was, were true. And then all of a sudden, I got greater understanding of it and of truth revealed. And, oh, it's actually true. So we need to be looking for truth in our lives. We need to, and God's always trying to reveal it. He's always trying to reveal it. You know, Ephesians 1.18, that's not in there. It says, open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding. You know, it's like me when I got saved. No one can tell me that God's not real. No one. No one can make me say, because I've experienced God. I haven't just heard about him. I haven't just learned, I have just read about him. I've experienced him in some of the most powerful ways. I've seen and witnessed some of the most powerful things that God has done. Can't take that away from me because the truth has been revealed to me. Hey, right. Because scripture has to be dug into. You know, you think about it. This book was written a couple of thousand years ago. Some, some, some parts of it even, even longer ago. So when you read a scripture, sometimes it can seem strange. You know, you look at a scripture sometimes, eh, and you're like, what? what does that mean? Because we haven't actually got understanding of the scripture. You've got to dig into it. I'll give you an example. Matthew 19, 24. Jesus says to this fellow, it's harder, to get into, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, and in this day, in context, if you grab a camel and you grab the eye of a needle, there's no way a camel's going through that. So what does that scripture say to you if you think that? That no rich person's going to get into heaven? That no one rich is going to get into heaven, really? But if you look into the context of it, of the time of, of, of when it was written, the, 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 the culture, everything around it. So I'll give you an example. Back in the old days, they had these big gates that would open up a city. But at night, they would close those gates, and they would have a little gate that they would open up, which was called the eye of the needle. Now, for a, for a traveler to get in at night through the eye of the needle, he had to get off his camel, he had to take all his belongings off, all the material stuff off the camel. The camel had to go down on its knee and come through. Come through the... Through the oh, you like that lunge, eh? Hey, hey, 318. That's 318. Hey, that's the 318. Hey, hey, hey. But, but, but so what he had to do is he had to go down on his knee. The camel had to go down on his knee and come through. Now, let's, now that you know that, changes the context of that scripture totally. Because what it's saying is to get into heaven, a rich man has to not rely on his riches, not rely on his material stuff, be prepared to unload it all, go down on one knee and enter heaven. That's what, that's what that scripture says. But if you read it without understanding, you just think no rich person is getting into heaven. Truth has to be revealed. Truth is shown through. These scriptures will speak to you, man. They will jump off this page and they will get in your heart without a doubt. You know, I'll tell you a little story. I, um, when I was a young fella, just before I got saved, a guy um, that was a Christian bought me a present. And he came around home and he was all excited to give it to me and it was a box wrapped up. And he had it in his hand when he you know, when he opened the door. He opened the door and he had a present in his hand. Now, when someone comes to your house, say, eh, and knocks on the door and they've got a present, it's for you, isn't it? So I'm like, let's put me a present. While he's talking to me, I could see in his hand, and I'm sort of like, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the same shape as Rose's chocolates. He's bought me chocolates, man. Like, he's bought me chocolates. Well, that's nice of him. Anyway, he gives it to me and I open it up, and it's a Bible. Give me a Bible, and I remember I opened it up, and man, I must have been such a stink guy because I remember going, 
Oh. I was expecting, I was expecting chocolates. You know, and I was like, oh. Oh, thanks. You know, hey, honestly, I was like, thanks. And he's like, yeah, bro. Like, he's all, he was so excited about it. And such a good man. Just such a good man. Anyway, and, and so he gives the Bible to me. And I just grab it and I put it on my bedside. I leave it there for about three days and a friend of mine comes around and I didn't know but he'd been brought up in the church but then left and he comes over and he goes to me, he's in my house and he goes, oh, whose Bible? And I remember going, oh, um, oh yeah, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine, you've got a Bible now, it's mine. And he goes, oh, wow. And because he's been raised in church, he knew a little bit about Bibles, he was like a connoisseur. He grabs it and he goes, oh my gosh, leather bound? Man, oh wow, this is, and he starts appraising my Bible. But, but during that time, what happened was he goes to me, man, do you know how much that would have cost? And I went, nah. And he goes, bro, that would be over 100, 150 bucks. And I remember thinking to myself, man, like, imagine how much chocolate I would have got. Um, but, but I remember sitting there thinking to myself, wow, he spent that much money on me, man. The least I can do is read it. The least I can do is read this Bible. So I would sit there and I would read that Bible at night. Now, you got to remember, I was still struggling from drug addiction. So I'd be pretty out of it when I'd be reading it. And I'd be reading it. And this is how I could tell because I'd read the line and I'd be like, Jesus said that in the last line. Oh, that was the last line. That is the last line. And so, but, but the point I'm trying to make is that even though in that state, even though I wasn't right with God, even though I was in that state and I was still doing those things, the word of God got in me. The word of God, every time I read a scripture, I would, it would hit me and I would go back to my mate and I would say to him, hey, you know that book you gave me? It's the fellow says in this, da, da, da. And he, and he would then give me a little bit of understanding around it. Without me even knowing it, God was starting to work in me. The word was starting to come alive in me without me even knowing it. All right. Yes. So, yeah, we've got to, to understand the scripture or the gospel, you've got to know the author. You know what I mean? You really got to know the author because, like I said, then someone reads that eye the needle, you know, scripture there, they're just going to think the Bible's wacky. They're just going to think we're strange, eh? You know, some of us are, um, but you know, like, but but it's it's just you know what I mean. So you have to have some understanding around the scripture and and the gospel. People need to realise that the good news is that Jesus Christ died for us, for us. You know, that we might be right with God and live in a good relationship with him. Amazing. Yeah. So I said revelation beats information every time. You know, facts are good. Facts are really good. But God wants to work beyond facts. He wants to work beyond the natural. You know, he's supernatural. He does some crazy things, man, you know. And sometimes we think that it has to be so uh, elaborate you know what I mean? Like for God to do something. And that, we've got to remember, this is, God's, this is God's business. This is easy for God. To heal someone's easy. To get someone saved is easy. You know, this is easy for God. This is what he does. This is his thing. But sometimes God's not that obvious, you know? And we seem to think that for God to move, it has to be something spectacular. It has to be something huge and massive. You know, yet God, God will work like that, man. I'll give you an example. In the Bible, there's a fellow named Naaman. And uh, he wanted to go to this prophet and get healed because he, had, um, he was sick. I think he had leprosy um, or COVID. I don't know. Um, and then he, and he, he um, but it was, it was really bizarre because he wanted to get healed. 
Okay? And so he went to this prophet and he said to the prophet, um, you know, look, I'm coming, you know, get ready, meaning a big parade and fanfare. When he gets there, the prophet sends his, like, prospect down, just sends his little prospect down and goes, oh, just go and tell him to wash in the river seven times. So he went down to Naaman and said, oh, bro, just wash in the water seven times and you'll be healed. Now, to me, that would be awesome, you know. Naaman was, no, no, that's not the way God's going to move. It has to be more spectacular. There has to be something amazing happen. No, I will not do that. Where, why isn't he even coming down, you know? And in the end, it took the servant, Naaman's servant, to go, bro, why don't you just go and wash? Just give it a try. Just, why, why wouldn't you just go and wash? And so he went down and he washed seven times and he got healed. You know, the thing is, sometimes God's not obvious. He's simple. The reason why God's simple, because this is easy for him. We try and make it complicated and hard. It's easy for God. I want to share a story around something um, where you need to, this is all about discerning. When my son, my son's 23 now, when he was three, um, he started having night terrors. I don't know if anyone's kids have had night terrors, man, but they are they're horrific. And so what will happen is the kid will wake up in the middle of the night and just scream and their eyes will be wide open, but, and, and you're, but they're looking straight through you. And you're trying to, t- to calm them down. You're trying to talk, and they're just screaming. Now, he, would, he was doing this every night for, um, for, man, for weeks. And it, and it really started, like, getting to me. You know, like, I was, you don't, no one wants to see their kid. And, te- and this was torment. This was not just, uh, this was screaming torment. And uh, I got so angry with the enemy, man. Like, we, we had a big argument, and... You know, and that, and that, but I was sitting there and I thought to myself, what's doing this? What's, what's making this happen? What's motivating this? What's behind this? And so I called up one of the elders from this church and they came around to see me and I sat down in my lounge and we just started chatting and he was just talking to me about stuff and then out of the corner of his eye, he said, oh, what's that? And it's this big picture that I had, a big framed picture and it was a, a Rugby World Cup poster and it had this big Māori guy's face with the tāmoko and all that, you know, going, ah, and it looked amazing. And it was part of my pride and joy. I love All Blacks, and I've got all the All Blacks stuff. And it was, it was just a beautiful piece, you know, and it cost quite a few hundred dollars in that, and I had it up there. And the guy said, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, just the All Blacks post. And he goes, oh, do you know what this, the meaning behind it? I went, no, nah, I don't, don't know. And that was it. It was just then, and we just carried on. When he left, he prayed and, and that. And when he left, I was sitting there going, I kept looking at that picture. All of a sudden, it took on a different look to me. And I kept looking at it, and I kept going, oh, it does look a bit evil. You know, and then I kept looking and looking, and I was like, oh, but I really like it. You know, it looks really cool, and it cost me 500 bucks. You know, so in my head, I'm having this debate. Well, that night, my son had a night terror. And I was like, man, I don't care. I'll burn this house down. I'll burn this whole house down, mate, if it's going to stop this. And so... The next day, I talked to my wife about it, and I said to her, sure, I'll just get it, and I'll put it in the garage. And I'll just put it in the garage later that. And Bev goes, no, I think we need to destroy it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know. Anyway, I said to her, yeah, okay, then let's, let's just, I'll put it in the garage for now, we'll sort it out tomorrow. She goes, yes, yeah, sweet. So I come home, and she'd smashed it up, put it in the wheelie bin. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and anyway, anyway, I got back, but I'd, I'd already come to the place where I was in agreement with that. I'd already come to the place where I was, I don't care, man. I'll, I'll sacrifice that. We smashed that up. That night, it stopped. That exact night, it stopped. And it never, ever happened again. 
Things can attach to things. There's spiritual stuff that we need to be discerning. And as simple as grabbing that picture off the wall and smashing it. Bless you, Bev. Bless you for that, my wife. Smashed it to bits. And that, and that was it. As simple as grabbing a poster. But it was the significance of it. I, feel, I do feel there was something spiritual attached to that. And I think the significance was me being prepared to just get rid of it. You know, like this. Yeah. But here's the thing. We've got to be discerning. Because, look, he'd been doing this for weeks. And it's so frustrating, man, when your kid's screaming and you can't do anything. You feel so helpless. You know, and as a dad, you know, you, you're meant to be protecting. And I used to sit there and think, if anyone come in this room physically... I'd, I'd, I, I, would, I would not let them touch my kids. So if something's spiritually coming in here, then I've got to have the same attitude, man. And, but, but I can't fight physically. You know, you fight spirit with spirit. I've had a few crazy pray nights where I'm yelling and, you know, like I remember one time I was praying and I was yelling in the car. Oh, no, so I was down the beach yelling and screaming and praying and then I was thinking, man, I hope no one's down here, you know, because I sound like I'm crazy. And then the next, later on I'm in the car and I'm driving and I'm, you know, and I'm praying, but it looks like I'm having an argument with myself. You know, I'm yelling it, and then, and then this car goes past, you know, and I'm like praying, and tears are coming down, you know, and they look at me like, oh, it's that guy from the beach. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's cool. So God is not always obvious, and God can be so simple that sometimes we miss him. Naaman could have missed his healing. Naaman could have missed his healing. Why? Because he didn't wash seven times. You know, sometimes we try and overcomplicate things and we can't believe that it could be that simple. Well, how do we get saved? Stood before God and said, Lord God, forgive me, man. I thank you for your son, G. We just say a few, and bang, bang, like that, instantly, saved. Yeah, see, sometimes we miss it because we, we're not looking for Jesus to come. Look, Jesus is freaky. Like, Jesus does outrageous stuff. So he's not always going to move and work the way that we think he's going to. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus walks on water. Everyone knows the story about how he walked on water. Okay? So when he walked on water, he was walking towards his disciples, who he had known for three years very, very well, just like the ones that he, he ate with. And they sat there and went, who's that? Is that a ghost? Hey, they said, is it a ghost? They couldn't recognize Jesus because they didn't expect him to come that way. They didn't expect him to be walking on the water and coming towards them. So it was like, oh, we've got to expect God to move in every way he wants to. We can't limit God. We can't preempt God. God's going to move whether we like it or not sometimes. God's going to move for us, with us, and sometimes in spite of us. Amen. So what we've got to discern, man, is, is, it, is it God testing us or is it Satan tempting us? That's the big deal. You know? And... I love this bit here, Psalm 37 verse 4, it says that God will give you the desires of, of, of your heart. Okay, now I've explained this, but we sit there and we think, oh, cool, God's going to give me every desire that I've got. That scripture is actually the other way around. God's going to make our desires his desires. So he's going to give us his desires. You know, that's when he can fill our desires. Because sometimes we're desiring things that are not good for us. Sometimes we're desiring things that are not, we might be going down the wrong path for a job. We might be going down the wrong thing for a relationship. We might, you know, it's not always. Right, we've got to keep an eye on what our desires are because, you know, I use this as an example. When I first joined the church, I was still heavily addicted to drugs. I desired drugs. Was God going to bless me with abundance of drugs? No. I tried, I asked. No, nah, no, nah, I didn't. 
But you know what I mean? Like he's not going to bliss. He's not going to bliss desires, and he's not going to get behind desires that he's not behind. He's not going to be able to fulfill desires that are not of God. So what that scripture is saying is that our desires become the same as God's desires, and then He's away. Yeah, yeah. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three says, "The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord." You know, we've got to be careful of what steps we take. You know, one thing I remember when I was before I was a Christian was I never used to. Th- I just used to do whatever. You know, and I'd end up just being blown around by the wind, and I'd end up in these bad situations. Go, how did that happen? Well, you were running the ship, Rich. You know, you were, you were the one making the decisions. And I'd be like, how did I get here? You know, because I wasn't mindful of the decisions that I was making. God's going to illuminate steps for us. God's got a path for us. It said before, <coughs> excuse me, that he's got a plan and a purpose for us. And he's got steps for us to walk out to do that. The problem is, you only have to say, I want to walk to the door. All I have to do is move that much tiny and start walking and all of a sudden man I'm way off track by the time I get to where I think I'm going I'm way off the door so we've got to be mindful God's going to illuminate steps and he's going to give you little prompt things like because sometimes we have to make a decision to know whether it's right or wrong be open to being wrong that's what I say be open to being wrong if you make a decision and then don't check it don't just keep going too far because we know sometimes it's wrong but we just keep oh I'm sure it'll come right sure it'll come right discern Learn to discern. Yeah. So, I'm going to finish off with a little story. Okay, let me see the time. Oh, yeah, no wonder I'm getting hungry. Sorry, guys. Won't keep you long. Won't keep you long. Um, I, I, I came home one time from church, and uh, a bumblebee came in. Bumblebee came into my lounge. And I was oh, bumblebee. I love bumblebees. And I was oh, hey, bumblebee. Bumblebee went up into the skylight. I was oh, bumblebee shouldn't be up there. I said, oh, I'll help the bumblebee. Hey, I will help the bumblebee. So I grabbed like a tea towel, and I was like this, just, just gently, just, hey, just a little bit. Uh, and it, and it, it wasn't working. And I was like, oh, man. Okay. So I went and got a towel, like something bigger, and I was sort of, wah. It was a little bit harder, whack. whack. And, 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 and the bumblebee must have been looking down and going, what's this guy's problem? Like, what is, what is his problem, man? Like, what, what, what is he, why is he doing this? I was trying to help the bumblebee, remember, right? So in the end, the, the towel wouldn't work, so I had to go and get the vacuum hose. The big vacuum hose, yeah, and I'm getting a little bit more, like, uh, I'm forceful. You know, I'm like, come on, bumblebee, and I'm whacking it, and it's getting, and it's freaking out, and everything, it's going really crazy. And I finally, and I finally, finally, I set it free. It got free. I was like, wow, wow. Now, the point I'm trying to make there is that I was trying to help that bumblebee. I was trying to guide it. Sometimes God tries to help us. He starts with a tea towel. Hey. And, 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 and if you don't respond to the tea towel, he's going to get the towel. And then sooner or later, you're going to get the vacuum hose. And he, but, but what he's trying to do is God's trying to help you. He's actually trying to help. You know, sometimes we think when things go wrong and things are bad that it's all the devil. Sometimes it's God trying to deter us. We've got to work out whether it's Satan tempting us, or, uh, God testing us or, or Satan tempting us. Because if it's God testing us, then we push forward, you know? But if it's the devil tempting us, then God's not going to want to be part of that anyway. So he's going to try and move us away from it. He's very strategic. You know, so some of you might feel like you've been hit with a vacuum. You know, you might have been hit with a vacuum hose even just getting here this morning. 
just getting here this morning, but know that God, God is good. God is nothing but good. And do you know, sometimes it takes situations to go wrong for us to notice God, for us to look for him. You know, if we didn't go through stuff, some of us wouldn't pray. <gasps> Serious. Man, when I'm going through something, man, I'm way more, you know, I know this is not great, but I'm way more intense when I've got a purpose, man, when I've got a reason why I'm praying, when I'm in the middle of something, man, when I'm in a battle, I'm fighting. I'm not laying down, I'm fighting. So, yeah, yeah, mm. amen. So what I'm trying to say to everyone, man, is just be aware, because we live in some really crazy times. You've got to discern. You can't take anything for face value, you know? So, so yeah, we just need to be aware of what the enemy's trying to do and what God's doing. What God's doing is amazing in these days, but it gets missed because everyone's going on about all the rubbish down here. God's up above it all. That's where, he, that's where he wants to bring us. Through his grace, he wants us to live above all that. Hey, mate, how's it going? You know, we don't need to get caught up in all the, all the dramas. We've got God. We know the answer. We know the times we live in. We know this is happening. We know why it's happening. So we can't be freaked out. But this is not a time to lose your mind. This is not a time to get fearful or worried. This is a time to, to know that God's at work. He's at his best. He's enforcing his victory. Like we're winning. We are winning, man, without a doubt. I don't care what's happening in the world. I don't care. I, not that I don't care, but what I'm saying is that I'm not getting caught up in that, man. I'm getting caught up in what God wants me to do. I'm getting caught up in what God wants me to say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's awesome. We live in some really cool times, man. We live in some exciting times, and you know, it says in the Bible that we were born for such a time as this. That means that God knows we've got the stuff. God wouldn't bring us into these days if he didn't think we had the stuff. Not only that, but every, we make ourselves able. God will make us he, capable. God will supply. Sometimes we just need to move. Sometimes we just to speak. Sometimes we just need to, to step out a bit. Yeah. So, Lord, I just thank you, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you're an awesome God. I thank you that you are a strategic God. You know, Lord, I thank you that we want to live in the center of your will. Lord God, we're in the right place at the right time with the right word to the right person, Lord God. We want to be in the center of the will where we just know your plan, Lord God, and we can see it being revealed and the steps being laid out as we walk it out, Father God, Lord. As we see that plan come together, Lord, as you bring everyone here with their individual plans together for a corporate plan for this church, Father God, Lord. Man, this church is blessed, Lord God, and the favor of God rests on this church, Lord. And Lord, you know what? We're just going to worry about the quality. We'll leave the quantity to you, Lord God. We're going to worry about the quality. And this is a quality church, Father God. So Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your people. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. amen. Awesome, awesome. Um, one thing I want to do before we finish is I want to pray for some people. I love to pray for some people. I know that the team would like to pray for some people. So what I want to do is I just want to make a time where anyone wants to come up for prayer for anything, for anything. Don't, don't underestimate that God worries about every bit, bit of your life. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Amen? It doesn't have to be huge to go to God. You can go to God with anything and everything. So if there's anything, man, it might be that you are in a place where you need some discernment or you just need some clarity. You know, it might be that you've had, I don't know, some, you might need a healing, you might need whatever. Whatever you need, God has. God is all things to all men. So that's the first thing I want to do. The second thing I want to do is if you don't know God, 
If, you, if, if when I talk about knowing God and when I talk about being in relationship with him, if you don't understand that, basically it's just being right with God and making some peace with him. And it's simple. God is so simple. God makes it so easy to get right with him. It's a simple prayer of salvation, man, that gets us right with God. So I'd love to do that with anyone that wants to do that as well. Just let the person, people know. When you come up, let the people know what you want prayer for. Amen?